thou, O son of man, I have set thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore, thou shalt hear the word of my mouth and warn them from me. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Coming to you from an undisclosed location in Middle Tennessee and examining current events from a biblical perspective, this is Bible News Radio with your hosts, Randall and Stacy Harp. today's show. We're going to start this show with a song. It's from Ephesians 3, 17 through 19, okay? And this is Janine Jones. Bible News Radio welcomes you tonight to a very special episode called Unmasked. Yeah, it is. So in case you didn't know, that was Andrew and Janine Jones, and that was Ephesians chapter 3, verses 17, 18, and 19 in the NIV version, if you're curious what, what version that was. Um, I always call it the necessary in the vineyard version, because <laughs> in the past, honestly, that was the version <clears throat> vineyard used then I went there for a long time so I could say that just so you know yeah I can anyway so uh tonight what we're doing is we're doing a, a special interview this is kind of fun for me because um in the 16 years I've done this show I have had the blessing of talking to thousands of people in all areas of walks of life and tonight I met my guest uh Katie Huff uh, through uh, my company, my my company, Legal Shield, she happens to have been in this company longer than me by a couple decades. 
she's a millionaire club member, $150,000, soon to be $200,000 ring earner with the company, as well as a, uh, a registered nurse. Um, she is a daughter, a wife, sister, aunt, a friend, a speaker, an author. And um, she has done a lot of stuff. She lives in Montana, I think, right? <laughs> I think, I think, yes. She, can anything good come out of Montana? <laughs> Actually, my, my, my husband's family lived there for a long time. Anyway, um, she lives in Montana. And tonight she's here to talk about her brand new book that she just authored called Unmasked. And the, the subtitle is The Power of Courage and Vulnerability, which is always a hard word for me to say, to live free. No more shame, settling, or self-betrayal, and uh, and it's kind of like I'm sitting here with Legal Shield Gold. Uh, anyway, welcome to the show, Katie. Glad you're here. <laughs> it is such an honor and such a blessing, Stacy. I am just so grateful that you have invited me to be a part of your amazing show. So thank you from the bottom of my heart. Well, you're welcome. You know, I, I totally feel bonded with you because of our hair. We're just talking about yes. that, you know. <laughs> yes. Like my girlfriend says, messy hair, we don't care. Or big <laughs> hair everywhere. Hair. <laughs> yeah, natural curly hair, you just go with it, right? Pretty much. Yeah. I actually went to a Keiko Matsui concert. Uh, it was a, it was actually a jazz festival one year. I took and um, I think we, Keiko Matsui was at, not that that matters, but there was a there was a black lady she was there in the crowd and her hair was like big like mine and i said hey can we get a picture and it's so funny she's like oh yeah we should get a picture and so this was way before digital and so we went we took these pictures and somewhere i still have this picture of this black this black lady i don't know her name but her hair is like this and i'm in the same picture <laughs> and we literally just took a picture of our of ourselves together because our hair it was so big. <laughs> well, I to say that because Lisa, my girlfriend from Michigan, she and I were up on um, Mackinac Island and the wind was blowing and she and I have very similar hair and she's in Legal Shield as well. Mm -hmm. And we were always getting confused with each other. And we, the wind came up and I kid you not, our hair was like this. <laughs> this guy rides by on a bike and goes, wow, big hair. And I was like, yep. Mm -hmm. it, so yeah it is our trademark stace and we can't get away from it <laughs> oh it really is it it really is i was um a couple of years ago i went to i went to a conference down at the biltmore hotel in in los angeles and i was there checking out and i heard a voice call my name and it was jamie grace who is a pretty popular christian singer i had just had her on my show and Jamie, Aww. she's like, Randall and Stacy, or what are you doing here? I'm like, what are you doing here? What are you doing here? And she was there for a, uh, a Christian um, thing. And, and she goes, I recognized your, I recognized you from your hair. And I'm like, you know, I get it every, I really truly do get that everywhere. And I, it's nice to know there's somebody that understands. Yeah, there is. Oh, I do. At the heart level, I'm always saying <laughs> I can't be a wallflower, even if I tried because <laughs> They see us from a mile away. <laughs> so, all right. Well, I'm glad you're here. Um, congratulations on your brand new book. I think this is pretty cool that, you know, that you, you wrote this book called Unmasked. And when I saw the title of it, I was like, I had to ask you to come on because one of my heart's desires is to, ex to help people to express, um, well, to become real, you know, I always, I always say that there's a cost, to, a cost to becoming real. Um, mm -hmm. and most people don't want to pay that cost because mm -hmm. it's, um, highly uncomfortable and gotta be very vulnerable, um, to do that. But here you are, you just made this book and, and everything. So tell me, tell me, well, first let's talk a little bit about, about your background. So tell me a little bit more. Cause I know I just kind of gave a thumbnails. No, that was great. What you said. Thank you. I have. Um, lived all my life in Montana. I was born and raised in Butte, Montana, and I went to nursing school and I did patient care for 12 years. And it was anywhere from Missoula, Montana, where I, I was in the hospitals there, but I live in the low. And then I was in Seattle. Um, before that, I was in Upwith People 
uh, when I was 19 years old. So when you were singing, it reminded me of Up With People. I was uh, traveled into 14 countries singing and dancing. And that was an organization that creates, uh, you know, builds bridges between communication and different people from all over the world. So that was an amazing experience. And of course, then I was in pharmaceutical sales and then I started Legal Shield full time. I started in 1999 and then went full time in 2004. And I've been with them now since then. Wow. So it's been a long time, but it's been awesome because, you know, you know, as well as I do, that we get to put a wall of protection around people and, and take care of them in a different way. That's why people go, how did you go from a nurse to a, to Legal Shield? I'm like, well, it was pretty simple because when you care about people, you can take care of them and different ways right yeah well and i think well i yeah you know some friends and me we were talking about this just the other day i think it was friday which would have been yesterday <laughs> anyway we were, we were talking about you know kind of the um stigma against multi-level marketing or direct sales you know mm-hmm. and it's and I, I so i can understand why somebody would ask that oh you're a nurse you went to school for this blah blah it's all prestigious you'll never be without a job to direct sales. What's wrong with you? Right. You know, I mean, well, that, that is kind of the attitude, but clearly there's, tell us more about, tell me why, well, tell me more why you, you, you decided to do legal shield. I'm, I'm curious. I don't think I've heard your story actually. Well, it's interesting <clears throat> that you say why would you would never be without a job because actually in 2004, or wait a second, I went back up. In 1998, 1999, when I was nursing, I actually was without a job. You were? I worked, yeah, believe it or not. I was in I was in the greatest department to work in. It was the outpatient surgery center. So I worked from Monday through Friday, which is unheard of as a nurse. And I worked from six in the morning until two in the afternoon, weekends and holidays off. And I did that primarily in my career as a nurse. Well, when all the freestanding surgical suites came out after everyone was going to the hospital, so now you have the outpatient surgery suites, I no longer was being called. And I was actually in that position full-time for nine years on call, so I didn't have benefits. But when those surgical suites opened up, I no longer was being called because the surgeries in the hospital went from 35 to 10. Hmm. So I wasn't needed. So I started looking for a job, some kind of a job. I didn't want to go med med surge night shift after 12 years of nursing. And so I applied for pharmaceuticals with Ortho McNeil, which was a division of Johnson and Johnson. And that was an interesting experience. It definitely taught me sales. And I was in corporate America and I was traveling, getting so much. I was traveling so much. I was getting Christmas cards from the general managers of the hotels that I stayed in while I was working Western and central Montana. So I was gone like 50, 60% of the time from my home. And I was tired of the hotels and, and looking and praying for a way out. I was just saying, God, please, please. And I would, you know, be, you know, asking him to get me out. Well, I got downsized in most people's cases. They're like, oh my gosh, I was downsized. and It was terrible. I was downsized and it was the blessing of my life. Nice. Because I got three months of a severance package to be able to then launch full time into legal shield. And even though there's a network marketing side, which is awesome because we can leverage our time and and help other people have their own business from home. However, I have focused on the business solution side, which was employee benefits, which is small business where I had over 200 plus accounts still do and am offering them, the employees, the identity theft and legal benefits as an employee benefit at, you know, obviously the reduced rate. So it's been amazing and it's totally changed my life in the sense that I'm working from home. I go where I want, when I want, and, and I've been able to accomplish a lot through Legal Shield. In fact, it allowed me to be able to, especially during a COVID year, you know, <laughs> write a book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, and I, okay. So that's cool. I'm glad that you clarified that because now I know. Yeah, I do. Yeah, but I also want to testify on behalf of this industry that we're in because um, there are a lot of people out there who are bagging on uh, direct sales companies. And, you know, you've earned a million dollars over plus with Legal Shield, and uh, you're about ready to get your $200,000 ring, which means to everybody she's earned that in one year with Legal Shield. So if you don't think you can make some money in Legal Shield, just so you know, you can. Here's proof right here. 
especially because I live in Montana. Right. And the reason for that is because there's only a million people in this state, only one million. And up until March of this year, we had to have an insurance license to sell it in our state. So there were lots of barriers, you know, in the sense of not millions of people had to have a license, had to do continued education credit. And so I always use myself as the poster child saying, well, if I can do it in Montana, I tell people it's like shooting fish in a barrel in some of these other <laughs> states that have yeah. millions of people, no license. And so it's, and people need our services, as you know, I mean, and especially in COVID, especially this year, there's so many legal questions and concerns that that's why my business has actually gone up this year is because people need our services now than ever before. Yep, there you go. So, so there you go, people. The proof yeah. is in the pudding, people. Yeah, yeah it is. Well, except <clears throat> I will say that Tennessee, we're still a licensed state. So hopefully someday they'll get rid of it here. But but I've had no I've had no problem here. You know. If you do the work, you'll get you'll make money. That's the issue, right? And that's, I think, one of the biggest misconceptions. And it really does kind of tie into your book a little bit because just like people like to hide and blame and act like a big victim and everything, um, it, that carries over into your into your business, you know, as well. Whether or not you're an employee of somebody else or you're trying to be self-employed, it, it's all here in your mind. So tell me, tell me, my friend. Why did you write your book? Because you have, you wrote your book. I read it all. <laughs> and I'm not going to ruin the book for anybody. I want you to get it if you want to get it after you hear Katie talk about it. So I would love for people to get it because I, two years ago, what's really interesting is that the book's title obviously is Unmasked. And who would have thought in 2020, we would be running around, all of us, wearing a mask? Yep. Not just... Um, not just physically, and mine came from the mask that we wear and the facades that we put on, pretending that everything's great or that we've got it all together and it's okay not being okay. And we all are going to have challenges and, and, you know, it's, we will have issues, but how you deal with them, like you said, the battlefield of the mind is the biggest obstacle and, and basically the cross that we have to bear is what is going on in our head. So two years ago in 2018, when I was praying in my war room, um, that's a great movie, by the way, if you haven't seen it. I haven't. And I actually interviewed Priscilla about it. Well, she's amazing. And yeah. that show was so changed my life because I created my war room in my house and I was in there praying and saying, what am I going to call this book? And I just knew that I needed, I mean, God put on my heart that I needed to write this book to set people free from all of the things that were ashamed that we made the decisions we did, the places we did, went, or, you know, we settled in careers, we've settled in relationships, or we've actually betrayed ourselves in relationships. And so I was sitting in that room praying and saying, what am I going to call this? And I heard the Lord say to me, unmasked the courage to be vulnerable and I was like oh my gosh and so as this book you know unveiled over the last two years uh, it obviously grew into the power of courage and vulnerability will set us free and it has I mean being free from your history your you know, good choices, bad choices, life. I mean, all of us um, will will go through those things. And so the, the unconditional love of Christ is the key that he will always love and first, never forsake us or leave us. And he will always love us and never leave us. And he knows what we're going to do before we even do it. He created us and he gives us free will. And that's where we get in trouble. <laughs> as humans because we're not perfect but the book was um obviously i was i pray that it will set people free to be okay with not being okay and being courageous enough to be vulnerable but i'll tell you what when you write a book like this stace i'm telling you you definitely 
have to walk that out. And so it holds you accountable. It holds you accountable to be totally vulnerable, walk and talk and be in truth. And it'll set you free. And being as well. Yeah. Well, in writing a book is vulnerable, period. Oh, I mean, and, and putting yourself out there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I know. I, I've done this for 16 years. <laughs> right? I, I, yeah. Uh, my whole life is on the internet. Um, exactly. But, it's like, well, I, but, I share some pretty, pretty personal stuff. You know, I mean, I was, I mean, when I tell people that the Christian girl was dating a Scientologist, the first thing that comes out of their mouth is, wow. Right. And like you and I were talking, I said, if I had a dollar for every wow I heard over the last year, I, I would be rich. Because <laughs> yeah. you're like, what were you thinking? And I said, well, that's the point. I wasn't. Well, and before you get into that, I do want to say that in in your book, one of the things that you, I, I took notes, just so you know. Uh, one of the things that you said um, is, is that vulnerable is defined as susceptible to physical or emotional attack or harm. And, you know, and I think it's important to define that because, um, like, like I have, I know somebody in my head, I'm mocking them right now, to be honest, (laughs) but, but, but they would see being vulnerable as, oh my gosh, I stubbed my toe and it hurt, you know, and, and I'm telling you this, this, trauma of when I stub my toe and I'm being serious. Okay. I'm being a little snarky, but I'm, but, but to me, that's like, I'm, I sit back and go, really? That's vulnerable. No, Brene Brown, she talks really, she talks about being vulnerable and one of, and you mentioned her in the book. And one of the things though, that, that I learned from her is, is, um, uh, if you're going to be really vulnerable and I love how she talks about her, her, um, conversations or her fights with her husband and different things that happen with her husband she'll always come back and say okay in order to deal with this my husband this is what I have to say and you go to them and say well the story I'm telling myself right now is and then fill in that blank whatever it is so like I would say like like to Randall you know the story I'm telling myself right now is that that you think I'm an idiot because I don't know this bible passage or something like that (laughs) and that this has been a you know, contention in our marriage because he knows everything when it comes to the Bible. And I feel like, like an idiot. And, you know, and anyway, um, but that's being, that is vulnerable saying, this is the story I'm telling myself is fill in the blank because nobody knows that we're crappy mind readers. People think they're great, but I can tell you as a marriage counselor retired, mind reading is one of the biggest issues you deal with because you can't read somebody's mind. Anyway, I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> so absolutely right. So you're Scientologist guy. Like how did you get yeah. how did you get caught up with this guy? Or did well, he say he I, was a Christian? I, I'm just curious if he said he was a Christian. And Oh no. Okay. Oh no no no. I, I met him in doing business with Legal Shield. Okay. He was an operations manager of a company that I went into to offer our services to their members. And that was in Nevada. And um, he walked in, you know, he was a handsome man. He was educated. He was successful, you know, and we as women and men, we have our little check the box, check the box, check the box, uh, especially when you've been single. And I was single for 25 years until just getting married this year. And he, you know, seemed to be all checking all the boxes. However, on our very first date, when I always asked the men that I was, um, had dated, you know, what is your faith or what is your belief? And, and he said right up front, I'm a Scientologist. And and I was just like the same as everybody else. Wow. And I went, how's this going to work? But of course um, I uh, wasn't thinking I was looking at everything other than the fact that the core value to a strong and substantial marriage is to be equally yoked in the Bible or equally matched if you don't understand the Bible. And, but he was, he was willing to go to church with me. He was willing to pray with me, but there still was just at the core level. He just wasn't walking with the fruit of the spirit. And it was very obvious to me. And so um, I was with him for three years I was engaged to him. 
I thought I was going to spend the rest of my life with him and it blew up and, you know, you got to thank God for unanswered prayers. You know, that Garth Brooks song, thank God for unanswered prayers. Well, it didn't work. And I'm so grateful because God's plan for us is so perfect. And a lot of times we are not patient enough to wait for that. And I did, I wasn't with dating anyone for three years to recover from that relationship. Yeah. So, so so one of the things that you say in your book is to ask what, not why. Yes. What is the lesson? Yeah. What is the lesson? I thought that was really good because I was like, okay, that's good. Um, Because a lot of people ask why they, they, they ask God why sometimes they'll ask whatever circumstances, why, but you said, ask what, not why. Tell us why you asked that. (laughs) Tell us why you talked about asking what, okay. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, what is the lesson in that? What did I do that, you know, I shouldn't have done. Right. And, you know, and what is the lesson in that? And when you have in your gut and in your heart, and an angst or an inkling when he said he was a Scientologist, I frankly should have had skid marks on the pavement because we're so night and day. Right. And it, it wasn't going to work and it didn't work, but I was willing to settle and I was willing to betray myself because it seemed like in the package of, you know, his master's degree and very successful, financially stable, um, handsome, you know, worked out. I mean, we liked to ski, we liked to golf. I mean, it was just like, it was a match made in heaven. Not so much. So when I was talking to one of my coaches, it was really interesting when I was saying, you know, he betrayed me in the end and all that stuff. And the what is the lesson is when the guy said to me, he said, Katie, he may have betrayed you, but you betrayed yourself. And I'll tell you what, Stacy, that was a two by four kind across my forehead. I heard Pardon me? Kind of like whacked you across your head, huh? Oh, I was just like, oh my gosh. And he said, you're a Christian woman that loves God. And you have a man that says to you that he's a Scientologist and doesn't know Jesus, but you betrayed yourself and you settled to stay in that relationship because of the frosting, like in my book, I talk about the frosting versus the cake, right? He had the frosting, but he didn't have the cake and the cake is being grounded in, in Christ. So that's the, what, what did I do? Why? And then, and then it's, if you do the, why me or why this or why that, then it become a, you become a victim, right? You know, why not this? Why, why, why? And you may never, ever know why, but when you look at it and you go, what was the lesson? And the lesson was to trust God, know that his plan for me is perfect. His love for me is unconditional. He forgives me for everything. And I need to, to surrender and just say, lead me, lead me Lord. So amen. your dog is saying, amen. That's right. I know. I that's okay. Hey, yeah. you know what? This show would not be a show unless there was an animal bugging somehow in it. I have a cat that meows constantly. Grover jumps up in my lap. You know, so you can get your dog a yeah. show, everybody. That'd be, oh, yeah. that'd be cute. You know what? I haven't had children. I have a four-legged fur baby, and mm-hmm. she definitely runs the house. That's another thing we have in common, too, is we. I don't have children either. I couldn't have children because yeah. of the uterine cancer thing. So. Oh. So I love you. Yeah. So that's it. So that's, that's also another interesting thing. Do you think that that had, I mean, is there a reason you didn't have kids because you couldn't or just chose not to? Um, I, you know, I always wanted to have kids, but even in my book, I, I say my picker was broke. Gotcha. The men that I picked were really not for the most part going to be probably, well, Obviously, they weren't with me, and um, they weren't good father material. Gotcha. Well, and that's good for the kid. Or for husband material. So, yeah. I mean, as much as I wanted children, you know, I was grateful that I didn't. I was, I mean, it wasn't a selfish thing at all. Obviously, mm-hmm. it was selfless because I always wanted to have children. Right. So I, you know, chose not to have children because then I knew that I would be 
you know, back and forth and back and forth when, with so many marriages that end up broken and in and, and divorce, then the children are back and forth to this house, to that house. And I just didn't personally want to do that. Yeah. So unfortunately I went through life without having children. So I'm always anti Katie to all of my girlfriend's kids and mm-hmm. to my brothers and my sister's kids. And um, I'm grateful that I get to be a great aunt and, 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 I, and I tease my nieces that yeah. have had their kids and I'll say, I, I thought I was a great aunt before you even had your kids. So now I'm really a great aunt. So right. you get to pop on kids in a different way, obviously. You do. Well, yeah. And I'm, you know, I bring that up just because I understand. And I know that I know a number of women in, you know, in our situation where we're older um, and mm-hmm. we don't have children and, and people assume things. They, uh, at least that's been my experience, especially in church. I had, I had a dear lady once tell me, uh, this was after I found out I had to have a hysterectomy. I couldn't have kids. She said, yeah. oh, honey, if you just go read Psalm, whatever it was, and just pray over that Psalm, then you'll get pregnant. And I'm like, I don't think that's how pregnancy happens, but thank you for <laughs> your, you know, your, your biblical worldview here on that, you know, um, yeah, I, I I could say I've had some of the most asinine things said to me mm-hmm. <laughs> in that. And, and I will say, and I'm not bagging on the church here, but I will say that the church system, the way it's set up, is really not geared towards childless women, <laughs> you know? It's just not. I mean, it's geared towards couples. Uh, even singles often get look, looked over or families with children so um, but I do think that there is a special place for women without kids and um, and I I think it's great that you get to mentor and be an aunt and all that to other people so I think that's great yeah and what's really interesting is is with this book I am so grateful that I've had a number of women that have contacted me and said either you're a fly on the wall in my house or you're reading my mail because uh-huh. the book has spoken to them so much. I had another woman that said that her and her mother's relationship was never good. And she sent the book to her mother and her mother read it. And her mother even said to her, who is this Katie woman? And how is she getting into my mind and making me think of things differently? So even though I haven't had children, I honestly believe it's really interesting when you're writing a book because it's like giving birth. Mm-hmm. It truly is giving birth to your book of whatever it is that you're writing. And um, it was, it's a process and, you know, just like having a baby, it's nine months. Well, mine writing time was probably about at least a year, year and, and probably three months, but it took two years to go from when I started it to when it was published. And so it is a birthing. And so I truly believe that this book is going to allow me to minister to women and men that have settled, that have betrayed themselves and are living in shame because of the decisions that they've made through their life. And they don't trust and know that there's such an unconditional love, unconditional forgiveness. I mean, Joyce Meyer says, God will never love you more than he does right now. Mm-hmm. And that is huge yeah. because- I don't, I don't think people really feel that at the heart. They might know it in the head, but they have to get it to their heart. And when they do, it's a life changer. Yeah, I liked I liked when you, you wrote about what Jesus did. You know, I mean, you, you basically wrote out the whole gospel without saying it was the gospel. You know, you know like if you were the parent oh, yeah. of a child that you had to give up to save the whole world, would you do it? And it was interesting because as I was reading it, I was like, yeah, I wonder how Mary felt mm. there. Cause we, cause obviously we know from God's word that the father, it's his only begotten son. It wasn't Mary's only begotten son. You know, it was, you know, obviously it's a special son, but it's his, her firstborn, but still she had to have a lot of faith to even have, have him, <laughs> you know, oh, yeah. and, and I, I, I've been thinking a lot about that because it's, you know, Christmas is a few days away. And, you know, when you think about um, the virgin birth and, you know, the Annunciation and the, the angels mm-hmm. and how they declared that Christ was coming, 
you know, to her, not only to, to Joseph and her, um, but in the Jewish law, it's really interesting because Mary um, could have, well, Joseph could have divorced her. That didn't happen under Jewish law. That would have happened because in the Jewish law, um, she was betrothed to Joseph, which means that even though she wasn't actually officially hooked yet, under the law, she was. So if Joseph had died, she would have been considered a widow. Um, you know, she could have been publicly shamed, which she wasn't. Um, you know, and then there was a couple of other things that, but she said, you know, hey, you know, be it unto you, you know, as you said, basically let it happen to me. Um, which leads me then to um, another thing in your book that you wrote about, uh, which I thought was really cool. You, you, um, you talk about faith and walking in faith versus fear. And you talk a lot about fear mm. in the book, mm. which, you know, we all have. But you said something I, I really like. Um, you, and I reworded what you said, but you basically said you're going to have peace when you walk in faith. Talk to me a little bit more about that. Because, um, because I think when you walk in faith, it takes courage to do that, obviously. But I don't think people connect the peace with mm. faith because mm. because fear is such a big part of most people's lives. And especially this year. Oh, and, yeah. the, and what's especially, going on now. Especially this year. Yeah. Yeah. So you're absolutely correct. So how I evolved with that was I was so broken that when I went down to Destin, Florida with my friends that said, you, you know, get down here. And I, that's when I surrendered. That's when I said, my pickers broke. I'm going to trust God because his plan, I mean, you, when you a hundred percent say, I'm going to trust him with every ounce of my being, and I'm going to have faith in his word, that's truth. And that what he, his plan for me is perfect that I am not going to walk outside of that. And so if I don't have peace in whatever I'm doing, then that's my sign that it is not of God's will. It is not his plan for me. So that peace that trans, you know, transcends all understanding and guards our heart and mind, like the scripture says. I mean, Philippians 4, 6, and 7 is my go-to all the time, that I will not be anxious for anything, but through prayers and petitions, with thanksgiving, I'm going to present my request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard my heart and mind. I said that, and I say that to this day, every day, all day long, whenever anything comes up, the peace. If you have peace, then you know you're in the right place. If you have peace, you're in the right relationship. If you have peace, you're in the right job or industry. If you don't have peace, that's when you pause and you go, okay, I need to listen to the Holy Spirit who is saying, not this one, not this job, not this guy, not this gal. Don't settle and do not betray yourself. <laughs> Sorry, I like your dog. You got to get your dog. You got to show everybody your dog. She's so cute. Is it a girl or a boy? I forgot. <laughs> she is cute. Yeah, she's a cute little thing. Everybody. She's a little. Yeah, she's. Come here, Bill. She now thinks she's in trouble. So this is my child. There she is. <laughs> Say hi. Yeah, is she she's cute? On my ear. <laughs> so she's my four-legged fur baby. Yeah. Hey. And she's going. She's saying, "What about dinner?" <laughs> so anyway. Yeah. Thank you for share with you, my little girl. Hey, I'm a dog lover and cat lover. People. <laughs> exactly. Everybody. Everybody knows my animals. So yeah, you gotta you gotta see, you know, your your cutie pie. Little dogs she, are the best too. I mean, I, I'd love to have a Great Dane. I think it'd be so fun to have a Great Dane, but it would be way different than a little dog. Yeah, yeah. You can't hold them on your lap like this. <laughs> no, no. Or, or you know, go anywhere without. I mean, because I've heard with Great Danes, when they kiss you, it's like you get soaked. <laughs> like your face is washed. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So. So, so does that make sense about the peace? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and but I don't think a lot of people think of it that way. And I think because we live in a world that that fear is the, um, you know, the media in particular 
you know, that's all they pump out is fear, you know. But I, you know, I know in the book you mentioned fear stands for false evidence appearing real, but I personally rename that to faith every day accomplishes results. Um, because I think sure. for me, having struggled with a lot of fear, um, I had to replace that. Because false evidence appearing real is true, but I thought, well, mm -hmm. faith every day accomplishes results, which means that I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I'm not going to be afraid. Um, no. And, and it will accomplish a lot because you're not going to be having anxiety. Right. You're not going to be paralyzed because fear sometimes is paralyzing for a lot of people where they can't move. They, they can't leave their house. I mean, there's all kinds of issues around fear. God love them. Mm -hmm. And we've all had fear. I have my little band right here. This I wear, this says faith over fear. Nice. And I um, gave that out to the women at our women's retreat that I have every year up here in Montana, which you need to come to Miss Stacy Lynn. So, um, but you know, when you, the battlefield of the mind is the biggest issue that we have to deal with on a daily basis and sometimes on an hourly basis and, and sometimes even on a minute by minute, I because I always say Satan and the devil is just doing everything he can to get you off your track and off of where you need to go because he doesn't want you to have success. Right. He doesn't want you to have, he wants you to be on pins and needles all the time. And so when you, you know, realize that that is not God's will for your life, you know, that you're being attacked. Right. And you have to, I say to people, it's like having your radio station in your head isn't on the right line of the radio. And so you have all that static. And so you have to dial it in and you dial it in with the faith and with, with the word of God, what it says is do not be anxious. It says, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I'm here with you always. And, and to love, he, you are loved unconditionally. Yeah. Well, and, so. and your book is packed with scripture. I'm, I mean, I'm writing a book called Pickleball Faith, which has almost no scripture in it. <laughs> your book, on the other hand, is packed with scripture. Um, but what I was going to say, what I, I, I concur with you about people essentially putting themselves in, in a prison of their own making. And, and that's because for years I was agoraphobic. I did not like to leave my house at all. The only time, and it was, it was years. I was in therapy. I was on antidepressants. I was on anti-anxiety medication. Um, I went to therapy. I went to school. I went to the grocery store. Maybe I went to church. Those were the only places I would go. And I was terrified to go anywhere else when I lived in California. And it took me a very long time to get out of that thing. And then eventually... Yeah. About it was about 10, 12 years ago. Um, I was just at the end of my, you know, I had been in therapy for so long and trying to overcome stuff and and always being a woman of the word, I knew all this stuff, but I never yeah. applied it. Um, mm -hmm. And I really do believe, and I know this is controversial, so you don't have to weigh in on this or not because you were a pharmaceutical rep, but the the medication that I was put on didn't help. Mm -hmm. It was actually mm -hmm. really designed to keep you in bondage. And when I ended up having to have a hysterectomy, I just said, the heck with this. I'm going off all this crap because I had tried to go off it and I couldn't. And I thought, nope, I don't care at this point. I do not care. I'm going off all of it. Cold turkey. Wouldn't recommend that. But it was about mm -hmm. three, four months of hell. Mm -hmm. But I've been free of that stuff for over a decade. Um, mm. And I no longer let the fear control me i control it you know um <clears throat> you know and, it, and it's interesting because um we have an adversary who comes after us constantly and what people oh, yeah. forget is that we also have an advocate who is there for us defending us. i mean being in legal shield we know what an advocate is right <laughs> exactly know? well and we have the shield of god you know that yeah. you know, covers us and the blood of Jesus that washes over us and, and sets us free and heals us. And, and we yep. just have to remember that. Mm -hmm. And I, so I know for me getting free of all that stuff, part of the, part of the process for me was becoming unmasked, as you would say, you know, it was beginning to, to speak truth about how I really was feeling in the moment. 
Uh, I was being emotionally exposed. I, I started to cry and, and just be there in the moment. And I, and to this day, um, you know, I tend to do that a lot, which, you know, kind of irritates me a little bit, but, (laughs) but at the same time I can, what I learned in therapy was part of the reason why people hide behind masks and, you know, and all that is because they've been hurt. They've been taught wrong, especially men have really been taught wrong. Like, you know, well, you're a man, you can't cry or anything. And yet medically speaking, biologically speaking, a man actually has more higher levels of testosterone when they cry. It actually makes them more manly to cry. Go figure. Um, And yet when you don't process that emotion, that's when you become stuck and unhealthy, you know? And so I know for me, I ended up getting become became more healthy as a result of just being real in the moment you know and I have this funny story I'll share with you okay so recently I was talking to a friend of mine and we we brought up we were talking about Winnie the Pooh you know who Winnie the Pooh is right oh yeah okay so um when she was a little kid um she went to her mom and dad took her on a, a trip and anyway long story short they left Winnie the Pooh in a in a um hotel and and of course that they had left and of course you know she wanted her winnie the pooh of course you know duh hello about eight years old i guess so her mom and dad went back and got her got the winnie the pooh housekeeping had found it and um (laughs) and and to this day at almost 55 years old she still has that winnie the pooh Mm -hmm. and i was thinking a lot about that and i was thinking why what was so why why was that so important and the reason why it was so important is because just like the velveteen rabbit you know to be loved you get those whiskers rubbed off the velveteen rabbit was real to that kid in that story that winnie the pooh is real to my friend you know to this day uh, almost 55 has this winnie the pooh that she had when she was eight why because you spend time with that you love it it becomes real to you it might not look the best. It might look scraggly worn out and stuff, but like even my dog has his favorite toy. It looks like crap, but that's his favorite. Why? Because it's real. Because because it's gone through crap in order to look like it's gone, you know, it's you know what I mean? That's why yeah. older people and- are so beautiful to me because old people mm-hmm. have gone through a lot of stuff to get to where they're at. And, and old people who are real are the best because they just speak their mind. They don't give a crap. They've been there, done that. And, you know, they are who they are. Well, and the other thing is I, I feel that if people, you know, we say in our business, if you can get legal shield from your head to your heart, it changes everything. And that's the same thing even with faith. When you, I mean, because a lot of people are going to church. A lot of people are, you know, searching and aren't going to church. And yet they haven't gotten to the point where they 150% are totally sold out on the fact that the number one opinion of us is not the people around us. It's what Jesus thinks of us. And we are royalty. We are his daughter or son. We are loved unconditionally. And his plan is so perfect and he knows the mistakes before we make him and he still loves us. He still is there to pick us up. And when you get your identity in Christ versus what you're doing on the job, what people think of you and you are walk away from being so concerned about what other people think of you versus the fact that you are loved unconditionally and it changes everything. It changes everything because then you aren't worried to be perfect. And that's the whole thing is, is there's such a, a stigma of having to have your act together and accomplished and, and all these things. So then you are comparing yourself to other people and you're worried about what they're going to think of you. And to me, it's just like, when you realize that you are royalty and he wants you to have everything that your heart's desire is, and he put those desires in us. Right. And that's how we have them. And that's why he will provide for them. And, and his timing is perfect. And that's where I am with my husband. I mean, I was, after we broke up, 
the Scientologist. I was on my, I was totally not dating. I was healing. I was praying. I was getting closer to Christ and knowing the, who he is and that he loves me and who I am. And I had this amazing man that I met at church that was the counselor there and a pastor. He pastored a church and, and he um, became beside me as my best friend. I'd introduce him as my best friend forever, my BFF. And we hung out with each other for three years. And you talk about timing mm -hmm. is everything. I mean, I, he was wanting to have a more committed relationship. And I was just like, I'm not ready. I'm not healed. No, I haven't heard from God. And him being a godly man, thank God, who <laughs> said, okay, I get that. And he wasn't trying to force it or anything. But when all of a sudden the veil in my eyes that was blinding me to who he was and it was torn when he all of a sudden said his daughter, God love her. He said, she said, tick tock, tick tock, dad, you're not getting any younger. And you and Katie are hanging out with each other all the time. So are you a dating or not? And if you aren't, then you need to not be hanging out with her all the time because no woman is going to be coming along if you're hanging out with Katie. And he, he told me that. And I was just like, well, if that's what you need to do, because I wasn't in a good place. I was like, you go ahead and do that. Well, Stacy, it was hysterical. He he was not available one Friday night. And I was just like, hmm, where'd he go? What's he doing? Who's he with? And I called the Holy Spirit was saying to me, well, you've introduced him as a BFF for the last three years. What do you expect? And again, I go. start praying and saying, he was out. He was with a group of people and with uh, was invited to a different event on a Friday night with another woman. I was just like, wait a minute. And I, all of a sudden I felt this, oh my gosh, this is my best friend. And then I prayed. And I was like, Jesus, if I ever had to hear from you today would be the day. <laughs> and he said to me again, let no man separate what I put together. And I was like, what, really? And then, so then you start to bargain with God. I'm sure no one who's listening has never bargained with God. And I was just like, well, what about this, Jesus? And what about this? And he was like, trust me for that. Trust me for that. And then I said, really? And he goes, you've been praying for an Ephesians 3.20 man that he will do exceedingly abundantly above all that you ever wished or wanted. And he's right in front of you. And I was just like, oh my gosh. But I didn't have eyes to see or ears to hear because I was healing. And all of a sudden the veil was torn and the timing was right. And I was no longer, you know, in grief over this past relationship and I was healthy and ready. And so was he. And within a month we were engaged and we got married in a pandemic on a mountain in Montana. We honeymooned in hurricane Sally in Florida. And so everyone says, well, you guys will be able to weather any storm. So, <laughs> that was great. And your pictures are beautiful, by the way. Oh, thank you. I saw them. So to anyone that's like waiting or frustrated, you know, lay it on the foot of the cross and, and give it to Jesus and let him guide your steps and heal you and provide you with the, the job or the woman or the man that he has planned for you. So people say, um, you picked a good one. And I always tell them, I'm like, no, I didn't pick him. God did. And because of that, we're in a, a very great place. So we have that three corded, that three stranded cord where Jesus is in the center of our relationship. And it's a beautiful thing. And I'm so grateful that I waited. And that I listened. It's just trusting, 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 trusting that it is true, his plan for you. And that um, it will happen, but don't circumvent it. Well, and that means you got to trust what love is, right? Yeah. And, and you, you, you talk about that. And what's interesting is, um, <clears throat> and I've been learning a lot about this. My friend, uh, Pam Gillespie wrote a, uh, a Bible study on first Corinthians 13, uh, mm -hmm. the whole chapter. And, oh, yeah. you know, we, and you, you, you touched on this in your book a little bit that there is, um, uh, we use this passage at a wedding. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is, you know, etc. Yeah. But, but we don't really practice it really. And, and if you actually look at the context, it, it actually has to do with spiritual gifts in the church and how right. these gifts are actually applied 
sandwiched between First Corinthians twelve and fourteen, and <laughs> yeah, not that context means anything, but it does. Uh, but but like, let's take our culture today, right? So, love is not provoked is one of the things in there, right? Now, right. we live in a culture where it would be really easy to get in somebody's face and, and intentionally provoke them. But, and, and I actually had this happen on Facebook. At, it, yeah. And actually it was somebody with legal shield. I won't say who it was, but they, maybe they'll watch. I don't know. But they, they messaged me about something and, um, and they said, look what so-and-so did. And I said, yeah, you know exactly how that makes me feel. It's a private message. And they're like, well, aren't you going to say anything? And I'm like, no, because it would not be loving because the whole purpose of me saying something would be to try to provoke them. And I've just learned that love is not provoked. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to do that. Right. And, and that carries out in marriage. I mean, I've been married 28 years and I can tell you having been married this long, I know how to provoke my husband. (laughs) I could push his buttons just like he knows how to push mine. And, you know, there are yeah. times let's just say, you know, you want to go at it, but, you know, you, you don't. And so it's it's learning to walk in that love. And rather than say, try to provoke actually own stuff, like, you know what, right now I'm feeling or the story I'm telling myself right now about the situation is fill in the blank, et cetera, um, as opposed to, you know what, you are, et cetera, you know, because that blame doesn't, you know, that doesn't go very far. It doesn't no. help. And and that's why one of my chapters is love is the why. Right. Why we do everything. And love is who we are and whose we are. And it's all about love. And so, yeah, that's, that's a, a scripture that's always, you can count on it most times in a wedding, is love is patient, love is kind. And you're right. It doesn't always happen. But it's also the fruit of the spirit. You know, for Galatians five point two, which is long suffering, and I'll tell you what, my husband was long suffering for me <laughs> for three years, being patient and kind and loving and long suffering and gentle and and I'm like, oh my gosh, God picked a good one when He picked him for me. I'm very grateful and very blessed, and so um, the future's very bright. And you know, all of us are going to go through trials. All of us are going to have issues, but just know that there's light on the other side. Well, and God's picker isn't broken. No, it's not. No, it's so, not. So I know that you're uh, you're planning on some launch in January. So tell us a little bit about that as we wind this up. Yeah, I'd love to. So I plan on having a 12-week uh, workshop, and it's going to be called Unmask in 2021. And it's going to start on January 7th. And I would love to help people be set free and take off their mask and walk out the calling in their lives and whatever that looks like. God knows I don't. And um, obviously uh, knowing who they are and whose they are by the end and, you know, being able to take off the mask and not live in that bondage of pretending that you're something that you're not, or that things are, you know, great when they're not. It, because even in my book, it's like, we're all broken. There was only one perfect man and he died 2000 plus years ago for us. And it's okay not being okay. And so that, that workshop will start on January 7th on a Thursday evening. And if people are interested in participating, they can email me and I will send them out the information. My email's Katie Huff, that's on the screen, rn at gmail.com. And I would love to uh, support them and change 2021 to taking off a mask and being set free. It's pretty powerful. It's, a, um, it's such a freeing. So it's like you can take that piano off your back. And just, uh, you're, you'll be a lot lighter mm-hmm. by the end of the workshop. And community and you'll is, be... I was pardon just, me? I was just going to say, and community is really where it's at. That's really where you become uh, free. You Absolutely. Can't, you can't do it alone. Uh, that's really what I've learned. Right. Right. And, and you need support. 
Because mm-hmm. when you're when you're broken, when you're hurt, when you're down, when you um, are masked up, you, you know you're hiding, and you're hiding the truth, which is going to set you free, as we all know. So, I would love to have as many people that are interested to email me, and I'll get you the information and see what I can do to support you in a better 2021 than 2020. So it's, it's actually, I've been very grateful. Obviously this, you having me on your show has been, like I said, an incredible blessing. I feel honored. Um, I hope that I've been able to speak some truth into some of your audience that they know that they are loved and forgiven and that they can be set free. And I mean, if I can do it, they can do it. Believe me, because I was pretty broken. So, and of course, you know, uh, 2020 has been an interesting year for so many people, but it's getting better and it will because we know who's on the throne yep. and who's in control. And uh, his plan for us is nothing but great. Amen. So to I'm grateful, ma'am. All right. Thank you, Stacey, for everything that you do. And you're a great example of God's grace and love. And I'm just very, very grateful that we got together through Facebook and me launching my book and then finding out that you were in legal shield and gosh, we're like sisters in all kinds of ways. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's uh God has a sense of humor, doesn't he? Oh man. <laughs> yes, he does. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> I actually do. I actually do. And thank you for the compliment. I appreciate oh, wow. that. I feel, sometimes I feel underappreciated for what I do here. So I appreciate that you appreciate what I do because it's a a labor of love. Well, it's your ministry. You're good at it. It's ministry and you're serving God's kingdom. And that's what we're supposed to do. If you love God and you're wanting to walk his, walk out his plan for us is just to, you know, be walking in his light and his love. And you do that very well. Oh, thank you. Appreciate that. all right so katie thank you for coming on the show everybody else hey you know what you can get katie's book at amazon.com can they get it anywhere else i mean they can get it in paperback too or are you can you get it through you if they want a book or like tell me they could but i mean it's going to be ebook or paperback at this point on amazon and they would just you know type in unmasked or they could type in my name um, and if they would have to have the whole title though, because there are a couple other books out there that have unmasked in their title, but if they type in my name, it'll pull up my book. The, the ebook is 99 cents and the paperback is $9 and 99 cents. So 10 bucks and Christmas is coming. It would be a great gift for your, your friends and family. And um, if you're interested in the workshop in January, please email me. There you go. You got a hearty amen from your girl there. Yeah, right? She's like excited. <laughs> Little dogs are so vocal. Have you noticed that? But... Oh, yes. <laughs> make up for their size. <laughs> I know. They think they're all that. My dog earlier today was barking. I was trying to do my Bible reading in our daily disciples group, and Grover kept barking. And I'm like, really? Fine. Just go get him. And he went and he right. got him. Uh, he's blind. He's just standing there barking out the window. Woof, woof, woof. Woof, woof, woof. <laughs> I'm like, I feel so protected, even though you can't see what you're barking at, but whatever. <laughs> right? uh, yeah. Uh, I'm glad you have a, a a friendly dog and cat show for, for the people that you interview that their children have to have the center of the, the attention. Yeah. I have a lot of pet lovers that watch. So, yeah. Awesome. There we go. It's been my pleasure, and I hope that people will find value in in my book and find value in the workshop and, and obviously continually tuning into Stacy Lynn Harp's calls because they're pretty awesome. Cool. Well, thank you. And everybody, you you know, go check, go check it out. Go, go check out Katie's book. Um, It's a quick read. You can read it. There's lots of word in it. Um, It will encourage you uh, in your walk and definitely for sure. If you, you know, are struggling and you want to go to a workshop in Montana, because, you know, who wouldn't want to go to Montana in January? You know, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> they don't have to come here. It'll be online. It's a, virtual, be online. it's a virtual thing. See, there you go. Then 
there's no excuse for that. Yes. Okay. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's virtual. But the women's retreats, though, they are in Montana, and they're usually once a year. And it, it's actually in an amazing place. It's, it's quite interesting because it's in Paradise Valley in Prey, Montana. Oh, I mean, cool. who would not want to come to Prey, Montana in Paradise Valley? Sounds nice. And so that's the retreats in the the fall. But yeah, this is a virtual workshop, and and obviously it's going to be all based around the book. and And I would love for people to participate, and I'll help them out. Okay, so and if they course, want if they want info about the virtual workshop, then they they email katiehuffrn at gmail dot com. Correct. Okay, I will make sure I tweet that out too. All right. Yes. And Merry Merry Christmas. And a happy, happy new year. Yes. Thank you very much. I'm right back at you. All right, people. So today is Saturday, right? Yeah. Okay. So tomorrow night (laughs) is Sunday, which means Bareface is going to be at the helm here. He will be teaching you something. I don't know what, because he never tells me stuff ahead of time. And the truth is we wing this show most weeks. So, uh, yeah, you already know that though. So So come back tomorrow night at the same time. And remember, as I always say, be bold. Because you know what? Hey, I'm going to tell you something. Your boldness will give somebody else courage. Okay? Stand up. Because you know what? If you're sitting down all the time, that's not good for you. So stand up. (laughs) And go with God because he loves you. And we'll see you later.